You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Welcome to Sakina Society. Towards tranquility in an age of turbulence. Assalamu alaikum, welcome to Sakina Society. I'm your host, Zenit, and today's today's show is about single parents or lone parent families. Today to discuss this issue with us we have Sheikh Amr Jamil and Sister Yasmin from Unity Family Services. So just to give you some context, there are over 77,000 Muslim lone parent families with dependent children and that's as per the 2011 census. So Sister Yasmin, can you share any of your thoughts regarding the issues faced by single parents? You're in quite a unique position to comment on the experience both from your capacity of working in Unity Family Services and from your own experience, what are some of the challenges that single parent or lone parents face? I think that the challenges that single parents face are probably more than, um, I suppose, two parents would face together raising a child. It's very difficult raising children, as everyone knows. Um, and I think, though, added to that, when you're a lone parent and you're on your own having to care for children, then I guess it's, a, it's the emotional um, kind of impact um, not only uh, I suppose in, in terms of um, the Muslim community I think that the majority of Muslim parents who do become lone parents probably that ha that happens to them after divorce and or it happens if their 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 partner passes away so not only then do they have to then think about how to look after their children they're also dealing with the trauma of this loss that they've suffered as well um, I think a a lot of the challenges, and I think one of the major challenges, is always about um, the financial issues in terms of raising a child. There's also about the, the pressure that you put on yourself in terms of, am I doing this right? Um, you also are kind of considering what influences are going to be on um, the child mm -hmm. um, and, and how you're going to how you how you're physically going to meet that child's needs. But more than mm -hmm. that, how emotionally that you're going to meet that child's needs and that child is going to grow up to be a strong, independent person. Mm -hmm. And from your experience through work um, or otherwise, uh, have you is, do you feel like there's a stigma in our society uh, with being a lone parent? I think there is a stigma. Um, I think that people, um, if people don't tend to kind of understand what it's like to be a, uh, to be a single parent, they don't appreciate the complexities. They don't appreciate how lonely it is. They don't appreciate how hard it is. Um, and how difficult it is to raise uh, your child in the best way you possibly can. And I think that um, we as a society haven't kind of got away from blaming the women in terms of divorce particularly. Um, and I think that kind of heralds back from just, you know, like the whole kind of um, subcontinent kind of Asian um, influences that mm -hmm. um, the, the community has. So I think that we're still in a position where we're blaming women particularly for divorce. Um, and and, it, and to be fair, that's just not only, um, I guess, in our communities. I mean, even if you look at the media just now, you've had obviously that recent thing where Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt split up. And only when Brad Pitt spoke about his alcohol, his, his alcohol addiction, mm -hmm. did people, um, you know, the headlines were that Angelina Jolie was vindicated. Mm -hmm. um, and so even, you know, in, within, the, within the indigenous population, you still have this blame culture where obviously this woman wanted to raise her children 
in a base capacity, but no one would probably kind of give her that, you know, no one could, would kind of give her that time of day. Um, so I think that it just kind of, um, it's just, it is a stigma. People kind of do have a judgment um, and, lo and not a lot of people know um, the reasons why people end up being single parents when, when you know, when, when people kind of get married, they don't envisage, they don't, they, they don't kind of see that they would become on their own looking after children. It isn't an, it is not an intentional uh, way to, you know, that the people don't strive to become a single parent. Mm-hmm. And I know we hear it a lot that you should keep the child's best interest at heart. Um, uh -huh. What does what you know? What does the child go through? Uh, you know, that's often something that we don't we don't speak about or think about. No, we don't think about it, and I think it's because we don't kind of really kind of give the child the credit that we should kind of give a child. We don't kind of think that child has feelings, that that child's got thoughts, that that child's going to react to the change. Sometimes, um, you know, mums or dads can just kind of see their own pain in terms of their loss, their separation, mm -hmm. and they don't really see the impact it has on the child. And I guess grandparents and uncles and aunts who are in and around that child don't really kind of see how things are impacting because the whole kind of concept of change that always impacts on a child. That's why, you know, a lot of, you know, child development theories, a, a lot of kind of ways that we're um, guided, I suppose, in terms of raising our children, talks about not kind of um, inflicting too much change in our child. That is very, so it's better for a child to have stability, to know their parameters, you know, to know what the boundaries are. And all of those things are about kind of and allowing a child to have a safe childhood where they know where they're at. And when um, separation happens in terms of their parents, they're, all, they're, they're knocked for six. They don't know which way mm -hmm. um, that they're meant to be going. They don't know, um, you know, they, they, they become part of this battle sometimes that, uh, that, 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 you know, that, that parents have. And I think, unfortunately, within the, our community, um, divorce becomes a complete battle and where, like, the child is used by either parent or by either set of kind of grandparents where um, you'll find that that child, if that child has contact with dad or with mum, whatever way their kind of contact arrangements have went, mm -hmm. that child will be kind of, you know, asked to kind of, be, that there'll be a loyalty there, that mm -hmm. there'll be pressure on that child to kind of, you know, to be loyal to either side. And, and again, all that's going to happen with that is that you're going to kind of create so much confusion for that child mm -hmm. and that you're not focusing on that child's best interest. And I think that um, I'd like to think that the Indigenous population were better at, the, at it, but my experience is actually they're not. Mm -hmm. they, 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 they also still battle, they still use their children. And we... Um, we're, we, we as a community are not very good at um, you know the whole divorce thing at all and I think it's because mm -hmm. when we get married uh, we're very much it's a very much uh, a, a marriage of families together mm -hmm. um, you know when we are involved in each other's lives quite a lot and when that marriage falls apart then people take sides and they can't they, and they can't really see how that separation af affects that child mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I can imagine you've worked quite closely with, with families that are, are going through this kind of issue. Uh -huh. um, so you're saying this is a, a societal-wide issue, not just for, for Muslims. No. But um, how, sorry, can you just elaborate, how did you say that culture, if it, it comes into that, um, how does that impact sort of a, a situation like that where someone finds themselves getting divorced or separated or becoming a widow or widower? I think in terms of um, divorce, you'll find that um, it will be issues in terms of mental health. It will be because maybe of domestic violence. It might just be because the couple just don't get on anymore. And maybe mm -hmm. they never, ever truly did get on from the beginning, but kind of kept it together. 
But there's lots of kind of studies which show that children are affected by marital discord as well. Mm -hmm. So even if mm -hmm. you're thinking you're staying together for the sake of that child, but you're arguing constantly, yep. that really impacts on children. Domestic violence really impacts on children. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it affects them right through to life, mm -hmm. uh, right into adult adulthood, um, and it affects their mental health as well. Um, you know, so all those kind of issues... Um, are um, impact they do impact on children things like if there's any addiction issues mm -hmm. so primarily you know it's whatever you know the, the um, issues do uh, impact on the children no matter how much you try and hide um anything kind mm -hmm. of impacting on them mm -hmm. it, it happens and just a last thing before we move on when when can you expect uh, going through something difficult like that when does it sort of get better because I mean I myself have seen someone go through uh, a separation um, and it's it's incredibly it's heartbreaking you know but you keep it together for the children if mm -hmm. you know how at what point do you start seeing the light you know that you can sort of start seeing actually this is this is manageable for me I think from my own experiences I would say that the first six months when I kind of was going through my own issue I didn't sleep I don't remember sleeping I remember um just staying awake for most of the night going through my head as to what had happened, why it had happened, what I could have done differently in terms of um, that situation not occurring for me. And I remember that it just kind of went on. I remember that about a year and a half after my my separation ha had happened, my father passed away mm -hmm. and I dealt with the bereavement of my father much better than I did with the divorce. And that was really because the, the divorce issues, they keep on, they, they keep ongoing because you've got family kind of staying stuff or relatives kind of becoming involved and making judgments or you've got lawyers letters flying in and out with lots of lies and the upset just kind of keeps going on and on mm -hmm. and on and on mm -hmm. and because you don't know why that's happened the way that it's happened and you can't put it into you can't make sense of it you 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 do end up struggling but I think um but I think that that's why they say that you shouldn't kind of go into another relationship, but for at least about a couple of years after you've ended one. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, and, and, I, and I, I would agree with that because mm -hmm. I think that you do need time to heal. You need yes. time to kind of get your head to head together. Mm -hmm. And within a couple of years, you know, you, you have done that. You've kind of made sense of life. You're able to take responsibility for what you did and you're able to give the responsibility for mm -hmm. to, to your ex for what, for what they did. Um, because you can't take responsibility for yourself. And I guess that sometimes, I suppose, people are not very good at reflecting, but it's always, you know, really good to reflect and, you know, and, and focus on, well, you know, this is what I did and maybe I could have done something differently. But I think, you know, the past is the past and mm -hmm. what you have and what you have is the present and you need to kind of deal with the present and manage that and, and, and work on that. And that's what you need to do. And you need to kind of be in the here and now and try and manage, you know, your situation to the best of your ability. And you also that protectiveness should be kind of coming out of you in terms of I've got another, I've got a, either one child or several children to mm -hmm. look after. Mm -hmm. And then your focus should be about ensuring the fact that, that they're OK mm -hmm. and, that, and, you know, mm -hmm. and that you're practically are able to manage their day to day life well, mm -hmm. that you're able to kind of give them the emotional support that they're needing. You're able to kind of keep life as stable as possible. 
And I think the really best thing for you to do is develop a very good support system for yourself, mm-hmm. which is the best way for you to get through a lot of this because you'll want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You'll want to tell. You'll want to talk about mm-hmm. uh, talk about it to anyone who will not to anyone, but to that person who you think will keep your confidence. Absolutely. And I guess for you, it's not. Sometimes you'll find yourself repeating yourself, mm-hmm. but it's just really about you trying to make sense of what's happened to you mm-hmm. and trying to kind of move on and try and progress and try and think about okay what does this mean for me and how do I how do I kind of make the changes that I need to Mm -hmm. and I think one of the most compelling things for me um I suppose in and around that time was when I kind of became more conscious of who I was as a Muslim Mm -hmm. and and you know and I started praying and I was reading Quran and it wasn't that I wasn't doing that before but it wasn't with a lot of meaning I suppose I started kind of you know going to darsh etc and I guess Mm -hmm. that my deen then meant a lot more for me and I remember reading books and I remember um one line particularly, it was a thing that it was, some, I don't know, I forgot who the, the, the author was, but it said, Allah is the one who gives you air to breathe. And I thought, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So why am I so, con- why am I so feeling so emotionally hurt and so kind of, you know, kind of caught up in all of this when actually I have to rely on Allah? Yeah. And I think that, that, that was the best message for me at that time. Mashallah, I think your words would be very comforting to a lot of, a lot of people out there, families of single parents and single sure. parents themselves, inshallah. Um, alaikum, Sheikh. Um, so like we've been discussing all the all the challenges that, that single parents face. I mean our society is facing the rising rates of divorce. Of course, we know we're not excluding people that are widows and widowers as well. And you've tackled you've tried to ta- you've tackled this preventatively, but there is a need to discuss single parents. What do you think are, are the main issues in our in our community in regards to single parents? So what should we be addressing? So as you've said, um, we've seen the rise of divorce, quite a sharp um, rise, I would say. Uh, maybe in the last 10 to 15 years, it's really gone up um, from what it was. I mean, in North, the Muslim um, community in North America, it's one in three, one in three marriages fail uh, mm-hmm. and end up in divorce. <coughs> There's a, a stat I read a number of years ago, which was estimating that uh, in the UK it's one in eight Muslim marriages. But I think that's, as time is progressing, that that number is going up and up. Mm -hmm. So as a consequence of that, yes, there'll be some people who'll get get divorced and there'll be no children involved. Mm -hmm. My experience is sometimes there is a child involved or two children involved and sometimes even more, Mm -hmm. um, which then leads you to the, uh, what I call the, see the the thing, what's happening is that the traditional model that we had was what uh, husband, wife, with children, with grandparents, we lived in one happy family. That was the um, the kind of, you know, image. Over time, that's changed. Mm-hmm. People do not live in massive uh, extended families anymore. They've kind of moved out. Even the whole concept now of um, living with your in-laws is changing. Lots, if you speak to a lot of girls now, mm-hmm. they don't want to live with in-laws anymore. So, you know, the dynamic, the family dynamics are constantly changing. Mm-hmm. What's happening is that we're not realizing the rate of change. And because we're not realizing the rate of change, we're not adapting quick, quickly enough to it. What happens is we wait until the problem slaps us in the face. And when it slaps us in the face, everyone says, oh, we need to do something about this. Mm-hmm. Whereas really what should have happened is you should have been paying attention um, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and realise, okay, there's a problem, it's going to get worse, what, what's our strategy? And really, going forward as a community, that's what we should be doing. We should be 
looking at the current problems, yes, but also um, preempting what's what's going to happen in the next five, ten, fifteen years. Mm -hmm. um, so with divorce uh, uh, just naturally going up, you will just get this new uh, family type of family, new type of Muslim family within our community, which is called single parents or lone parents, whatever you want to call it. And this is over time. So maybe eight years ago, there was a few people. Over time, this has become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the trend is it will get, get even bigger. You give a start of 77,000 uh, families. You you get that start in 10 years' time, and you'll probably see that that's gone up. So this is a, a significant part of our community now. Uh, yet, we do not have any support mechanism. We have not even thought about what's happening, what are the challenges. I mean, this is probably one of the first shows, I think, I mean, it's the first show I've ever been on that's mm -hmm. discussing single uh, parents. Mm -hmm. Now, single parents didn't just happen in 2017. Mm -hmm. It's been happening for a long time, but yet this is a problem. We are paying catch-up. We're, we're, not, we're not talking about this until 2017. We should be talking about this 15 years ago. So we're already behind mm -hmm. in uh, where we should be. Yep. I remember one brother, he was, he was a youth worker, and he was telling me um, how common... Uh, single parents have become. He deals with a lot of young people. So he said he had a parent and uh, she was very worried that, you know, my kid's going to go to school and he's going to feel stigmatised because he'll be the only one that's, um, you know, uh, from a, a lone parent family and everyone else is going to, you know, have two parents and he's going to feel out of place. And then she came back to him and said, actually, it wasn't that bad. Went to school and he realised half the class was in the same boat as him. Mm -hmm. So she, he was just talking about how normalised it's become. It's It's changed so quickly. So it's um, a rapidly, our, our family dynamics is changing rapidly. Mm -hmm. And alhamdulillah, I mean, obviously I have an insight because I deal with this uh, week in, week out. But a lot of people don't because they're oblivious to it, unless it happens to mm -hmm. somebody close to them. They're oblivious to what's going on, what's really actually happening. And so when you try to say, look, we need to, to do, so do something about it, they don't actually realize the extent of the problem. And if you don't realise the extent of the problem, you will not prioritise it. And I think this is probably um, one of the reasons that the programmes like this are very important, that we need mm -hmm. to discuss. We need to actually explain to the community, you know, actually, we've got a big problem, mm -hmm. and it's getting worse, mm -hmm. and it's not going away, and you can do what you want, but you're going to have to, you're gonna have to face it at some point. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, as dealing with, with couples... You, you, there will be people who, who are in very unhappy marriages and one of the things that does um, make them maybe delay divorce or um, put off divorce is the fact that they, th they know that, okay, if I get divorced, I've got children, I don't want to end up as a single parent because I know it's difficult. Yep. I know other people in that, that boat and they've told me it's hard, it's not easy. So, you know, it makes that decision of, of leaving a, a really bad marriage even more difficult. Um, so when people do that, you have to understand that they've not come to that decision very lightly, you mm -hmm. know, especially when there's, there's children involved. No one just wakes up and says, right, I can't bother with this anymore. Absolutely. Maybe some people do, but in my experience, um, it's, it's actually a, a very difficult process. And, uh, and sometimes they will ask me, what do you think? Do you think I should leave or not? And that's where I'm very careful of, of giving my opinion because it's not my life. Yeah. I'm not going to live with the consequences. And I'll say, look, I can't make that decision for you. Mm -hmm. Even though I might have an opinion, I can't make that decision for you. I mm -hmm. can answer your questions. I can say, yes, you have a valid uh, grounds for uh, divorce or, or you know, what, the, what is the situation, what are the consequences. Mm -hmm. I can give you the legal 
uh, understanding as well because I've got a legal background. Yes. But ultimately, it's your decision. Even though to me it may be blaringly obvious that they should, mm -hmm. the person should get out, but um, the person has to make that decision themselves, and that's a very difficult thing for someone to do. Because sometimes we'll say my family's supportive, but they're saying it's your decision. But I just don't. I can't. I don't know if this is the right thing for me. And I said, look, take your time. Yeah. There's no rush. Take your time. So when people uh, go through that, and like Aspen was saying, then you've got all the other stuff to deal with. You know, mm -hmm. um, uh, lawyers and other people and the community talking and stigma mm -hmm. and you know you throw all that into the mix it's uh, it makes it a very difficult uh, process mm -hmm. for a lot of people and it varies you know some people have a lot of family support yeah. so they'll have people that they can drop the kids off to but other people are completely on their own and it's um you know it's it's a lonely it can be a lonely uh, experience they can be it can be financially difficult as well because remember mm -hmm. you only got one person earning now yes uh, or the other party might not be giving money or said that mm -hmm. you know or, or they don't show any taxes so mm -hmm. it's very difficult to get money out of them so it can be financially difficult um just loneliness um mm -hmm. struggling just struggling to have your own life if if you if your life is ru you know running around after three kids you work as well yeah. you don't just get that time to yourself for your own self and mm -hmm. it's very important to have time to yourself. The Prophet mm -hmm. when he used to come home, he used to split his time threefold. Mm -hmm. uh, a third for his family, a third for himself, and a third for Allah. Mm -hmm. So that shows you that there was a balance. And, and each one of them, so, you, so he gave time for himself. Mm -hmm. So And that person needs a break, needs time for themselves. So if two, like Yasmin says, it's difficult to bring up kids. I've got three kids. It's difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, with two parents, never mind if you're on your own. Mm -hmm. And I think, I want to I want to take this slightly in a different angle. Um, seeing that I've come across um, families where there are two parents, but effectively it's a single parent. Yeah, actually. Right. So you have two parents, but one parent is just like just not interested, it's just not pulling his weight um, or her weight. Right. It just naturally came out his weight because most of my cases it's usually the husband, but it happens the other way as well. And then what happens is, effectively, it's, it's like the person says, I'm lonely. Effectively, I'm in this relationship, but I'm, I'm just like a single parent. Mm -hmm. It's what I, call, I, I class as absent fathers. Mm -hmm. So they're there, but they're just as well not there because the yeah. input is absolutely nothing. Um, mm -hmm. So in effect, you've got... So that's a whole, that's a whole that new another, category now. That's another show. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole new category because yeah. we wouldn't classify mm -hmm. them as single parents. But in effect... Mm -hmm. They, if you look at all the symptoms, it's just as uh, it's, 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 there's no difference really between that and a single. In fact, sometimes a single parent might be slightly better mm -hmm. because they don't have the added stress of dealing with this, you know, unresponsive spouse. And I think this is what happens when when sometimes if people uh, I found anyway, some people are in this relationship. They've got kids. They're like, okay, he doesn't work, so I'm working. Um, know it doesn't please me and it, get, it, it dawns on wait a minute i'm doing everything mm -hmm. i actually don't need this person yeah. and this person actually just drags me down and gives me more stress so i'm actually better off you know on my own because i do everything anyway mm -hmm. um so it's 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 complicated uh it's not um by any means uh, something that that can be solved in a, a show mm -hmm. but i think the the point of this show is just to um, raise awareness really and just start discussing the whole the whole topic I mean it's something that 
and Yasmin will know this, something that I've said for a couple of years within Unity, that mm -hmm. we need to, this is something uh, that nobody's ever touched and it's an area that we need to explore and we need to, to do a workshop, we need to bring single parents in, we need to do yes. some research, mm -hmm. we need to give them a platform, what are the challenges, what are the difficulties and together, you know, as a community we can try to come up with a solution because nobody, no one person's got all the solutions. Yes. It's only through discussion that we can say, okay, well, the, all of these, all, all, all these things exist. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, how practically, how can how can we resolve? I mean, I've got my own ideas, but, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let you come in, inshallah. We have already touched on some of the challenges faced by single parents, um, and this part of the show is hopefully looking at a sort of roadmap, uh, uh, solutions. Uh, we've started the discussion, but what, what, practically, what practical things can the community do, the society do? Um, so if any of you want to cover anything in terms of the challenges uh, and the solutions, that, you know, uh, Sheikh, did you want to say something? Um, I think the first thing to, to note is that when we say single parents, sometimes we automatically assume that it's a, a female um, with with children, um, but there are there are fathers, so they've mm -hmm. you know they've been divorced and they've ended up with the children. So you do get um, single parents who are fathers. So we just shouldn't n n you know assume that it's going to be a female. It can be a male, although majority of the times it is female. Mm -hmm. But there are uh, I know several brothers who ended up in that kind of situation, um, and then obviously they're thinking of remarrying, they're thinking of will my wife get on with my children in fact yesterday I was uh, in uh, in Edinburgh and um, a sister came up to me and, and wanted to ask me, ask me a question, I said okay and it was all about, it was actually <laughs> uh, you know interesting, it was about single parent it was about a single parent who she'd got married to somebody who had children from before but then she couldn't get on with um, the the guy's daughter from the first marriage and it was causing so much tension that she had been to see a psychiatrist and uh, it was getting to a point where I think she was about to bail out of the marriage so you know it, it, it's it is complicated um, when they're single parents and then when they get married as well yep. there's 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 dynamics they will have which other people won't have if, if they don't have children from another marriage mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that whole thing of how do the ch how does a child view the step parent um how do they s view their stepchildren how do they fit in uh, if they've got different names i mean it's it's you know our family structure is becoming increasingly increasingly um diverse diverse and complicated mm -hmm. and it's just um you know the, the our ser uh, we can't we just we can no longer keep talking in general terms i mean there's you know before it used to be divorce was a taboo right um, then you'd say, okay, so now we've seen a lot more people divorced. Now you come across people who've been divorced not just once, twice, um, and they're on their third marriage. You know, so it's, it's all changing. It's all changing, and I think we've got to adapt accordingly. One of the, th the, the things that I found from, from Unity Family Services, we did try at one point to uh, have an introductory service because mm -hmm. uh, for marriage purposes because um, it's, a, it's a need. And people kept putting pressure on us, and we said, "Okay, we've always, we've got a pre-marriage course. I run a pre-marriage course uh, where I give a structure to people of how to find somebody." So we said, "Okay, fine. Um, we'll we'll tell them to, based on that course, to come up with a criteria so they have an idea of what they're looking for." And you know, with with good intentions, um, we we put that together 
was, we weren't really we weren't really making money out of it. It wasn't a money making process. It was just really to help the community. And um, one of the things we had to do was match up people because there's no point. There's no point you inviting people who are you know on paper they're not going to mm-hmm. consider. So you're just wasting their time, wasting our time. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we found was um, the people that we had. Nearly all of them were not interested in single parents. Uh, anyone who was divorced and had uh, children, you know, the, the guys that we had, were not. Th- that's not the type of people they wanted to to marry. Mm-hmm. They were inter- some of them were interested in married a divorced person with no children. But as soon as the, the children were thrown at the mix, so we had to actually we had to actually. It was sad because we had to say to the the single parents that had applied, sorry, but there's nobody that matches your your profile. Right. Um, and so I think that that can do with the fact that people just don't want to take on the responsibility mm. of um, someone else's child. But I think it's also because they can envisage that there will be issues. Yeah. <coughs> and it's and it's true there are issues. And I think that sometimes, you know, members of the community do kind of go into second marriages. Um, you know, well, sorry, you know, that th- there's another marriage after they've been divorced, thinking that it will be easy. Um, and thinking, oh no, it'll be all happy hunky dory, and that everyone will get on. But actually, the statistics about um, in terms of second marriages, as, as in like a blended family, is what how it's referred as, um, is actually mm. worse than first marriages, um, because wow. the pressures of you know children, stepchildren, and just kind of coming together is becomes so much more that it that it's very very hard to sustain that marriage. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's very difficult, and I think that. You, when you, if you do consider getting married again, and you've got children, um, you know, or, or the other person's got children, you should actually seriously consider how that you're going to manage this, and how your young, how your child or your young person will manage that transition. Mm-hmm. To be fair, um, if it's a young person, they will struggle big time. Yep. If you have a toddler or you've got a younger child, you probably get more of a chance. Because mm, they'll grow, they'll have... Uh, they'll yeah. Grow, yeah, and they'll have that respect for that person and they will appreciate... They'll probably just view them as their parent. Yeah. Aye. So, it's, mm-hmm. uh, so for, a, for a young person, it's just that bit more difficult. Um, a young person, you know, is kind of going through their own emotions, they're going through their own issues in terms of growing up, ascertaining, you know, their identity, who are they, how do they mm-hmm. fit in. So they've got their own kind of emotional stuff going on. And then to add that to the mix, it's just too much for, 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 for young people. And then that becomes an issue. Yeah. And we often hear that, that children that come from, you know, they say broken homes, mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry if that's not the the right way to say it, but um, that they have issues growing up. What can you do to prevent that? I mean, I think basically what you've got is there's been lots of kind of research done on, um, you know, this whole kind of issue of marriage breakdown and the impact it has on children. Now, it's um, quite a significant impact. And I've kind of spoke about this before in terms of trauma, um, if it's domestic violence, um, um, any level of abuse. So basically, the statistics suggest that if a child, um, you know, obviously kind of goes through the the trauma of their parents separating (coughs) and the marriage breaking down, then you've got them, their outcomes are more poorer in terms of they're more likely to have mental health issues, they are less likely to achieve well in school, they are um, more likely to be involved in criminal activity. Um, less likely uh, to do well in terms of employment. Mm-hmm. So the statistics for um, young people affected by uh, marital uh, from by their, their parents' uh, marriage breakup are, um, you know, they're, 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 it's kind of quite concerning to be fair. Yeah. 
I think in terms of how do you move forward from that and trying not to kind of get yourself, you know, bogged down by statistics and you know, want to kind of work, your, you know, work your way out of this and you want to try and make life um, better for your child. I think that, um, as you know, we as, um, as I mean, what our parents would say to us or, you know, the Punjabi saying that Jal Pal meaning that your children will just kind of grow up by themselves. Um, it's not that that isn't the case. I think you have to put you have to be emotionally have to know your children well you have to kind of put into your children you have to encourage your children you have to educate your children so you have to invest a lot of time and effort into your children mm -hmm. um you know and I think it's really important that you are able to do that don't think that um it's not important that you uh, that you don't kind of you know, surround your child with positive environments that you yeah. um, don't that that you don't kind of encourage them to be in places that they should be. I think that mm -hmm. your duty as a parent is the fact that your child does have you know positive experiences that they encourage to kind of you know get on with their life. They're able to develop independence. That they're able to become. They're able to develop their confidence. They're able yeah. to learn, grow, and all the things that they want to. And I think it's very important that you know your child. I mean, I remember kind of doing one parenting course with um, a scholar. Um, he had kind of had totally forgotten where he had come from, but I remember being in Samsa and this man kind of going through, you know, his um, work sh worksheets and things. Mm -hmm. And it was just one, one thing that really kind of got to me was, do you know that your child's favourite colour? Do you know the, your child's favourite meal? And I thought, yeah. I kind of know some of this, but I don't know all <laughs> of it. And he then had compared it to, you know, your best friends, you know, kind of best colour and, you know, your best friend, you know what they want. So why do you not know just as much information about your own child? And I think that you do, you need to focus on your child. And I think you, I mean, I know that I, I, I wanted peace within my, within my home. So at the end mm -hmm. of the day, I didn't involve, um, you know, too many other kind of distractions. I yeah. want, I, and I think that you have to be, be the role model for your child as well. And you have to, you know, not only show that child, like, you know, raise that child in the best way you can. It, it matters about honesty. It matters about being good. It matters about being kind. And you have to show your child all of those things that you, that, that so, and so that you are being a good role model for them. Mm -hmm. And I know that sometimes, I know that this kind of comes to me quite a lot. I know it's something, it's a question that's probably asked of quite a lot. Or oh, if, you've, if you've got a boy and you're a, a mother who is looking after that, that boy on, on your own, how do you ensure that that, that, that that boy is kind of getting, you know, enough good influences in and around them, that they've got positive males in and around mm -hmm, them. Mm -hmm. And, and it is, it's a big issue for sisters. I mean, how, how do they ensure that their child is able to go to mosque on their own? Or, you know, how, how can they kind of cope with those, um, you know, all of those kind of issues? I mean, my son would absolutely hated kind of going to a segregated wedding. He hated being on his own, sitting with random men. He did not know, but he had to kind of go there. And I think that you need to appreciate what that's like for a for for, for a child that that they're on their own and they're having to kind of go and sit with people they don't actually know. But then also from that, they grow from that in terms of they develop this confidence, they, they develop yeah. ways and means of coping with different situations they're in. So I think mm -hmm. you do need to be mindful of the things that you are exposing your child to but I think this is where extended family have to step in okay. now mashallah I've seen some amazing families who have totally come together when it's come when it's been 
about their their brother or their sister having to went through a marriage breakdown and they've come together and they've ensured that either those cho- that any of that those children have had someone to talk to that, that that those children have had someone else to kind of you know just to discuss their the, the, discuss their issues someone else to show them the way as well as their parent as well and I think some families can do it so so well and other families don't do it so well and I think this is where you know, um, community organisations, where, you know, individuals, youth workers, etc., you know, and where actually youth groups and, you know, and kind of community community groups could actually step up and try and, uh, try and have, sit, you know, try and have, you know, um, either kind of groups or, you know, or just even, you know, occasions where young people feel part of something yep. and, you know, and, and they're kind of getting the advice and the help that they need and they're also kind of getting the opportunity to model themselves on you know on, on on various people and can see that you know that, that they're part of something because all that um you know children young people want to feel is that they belong somewhere you know because they've yeah. already had this rejection and all this separation they want to belong and that feeling of belonging makes children and young people feel good about themselves gives them confidence makes them feel safe and that's what you want for um for, for you know for, for for everyone's children Yep, absolutely. And I think some of the points you've mentioned there, you know, they definitely apply to single parents, but, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing your child, that might also apply to, uh, to, to you know, all parents, busy yeah. parents, you know, that, that yep. you know, do you actually know your child? And, yep. and you know, that's, that's yeah. important. And I think that you, and I think when, I mean, I've seen, um, you know, lone parents being so busy in terms of having to work to provide for, for their children that they actually don't get the time to spend with their children. It's not because they don't want to. It's because they're so exhausted having to kind of work. They've, they've worked all day. Then they've got to deal with their children. Which most do they need to go to at the end of the day? Then it's like, who's going to make dinner? Do we kind of sit down, have dinner together? And by that time, it's mm-hmm. night time. And it's that energy. I mean, you know... it's doable you know there is light at the end of the tunnel you can do this and I think that what people really need to kind of take on board and single parents really need to take on board is the fact you know what you are your best resource you were able to you know and if you kind of strengthen yourself and if you empowered yourself then you know it is something that you are able to manage I'm not advocating that you know for that I'm not advocating and saying yeah we all should be strong uh, single parents what I'm kind of saying is that if this is what you have been blessed with you know, you can either become a victim of it mm-hmm. and feel sorry for yourself and yeah. think, you know, that's it, I'm totally doomed and someone save me, someone save me. Or you can think, do you know what, it's fine. This was the way that my life was meant to be. I'm going to deal with this and I'm going to put my energies into my child, my children, and I'm going to ensure that, I, that I'm going to be part of them being, you know, growing up to be, you know, strong, independent and good people. And I think that, you know, you, it, it's, it's a way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Do you know, and it, and you and you do, you do need to think positively, and yes. you do need to be able to move on and think. Okay, fine, I I, I can do this, yes. and and it's about you then developing a very good support network in and around you. Your, I mean, some members of your family will be very good and be able to help you, and I think I've been very fortunate because, mashallah, I have a very good support network, which has been very good for me in terms of um, being able to give me advice when I need it, some strong parenting, some a bit more relaxed parenting, and I think mm-hmm. that as time goes by, as you learn to know your child there will be you'll probably be a bit more of a stricter parent enforcing boundary structures when they're younger but as they get older you'll have to become relaxed because that child is going to become independent and you need to kind of back off a little bit but if you've kind of given them that good strong those good roots 
that good start, you know, from the beginning, you've built those foundations, your child will be able to make the right choices and they will be able to do the, the, the stuff that they need to do. Yeah. No, I, I think just on what you're saying, Yasmin, about, um, you know, you can do it. I mean, parents, <coughs> they, they, I think they, they underestimate the fact that your child, for your child, you're the central person in their life. Yeah, absolutely. They, you know, they look up to you for everything, especially in the younger years. Even when they they say they don't, but they do. Yeah. Right. And really, you can, you can instill confidence in them. You mm -hmm. can instill positivity in them, by just giving them the right, um, using the right words, using the right messages. Because it's just reinforcement. If you keep reinforcing a, a message over and over again, mm -hmm. eventually they'll they'll start to accept it. So I think. The, the parents, even if they're on their own, they shouldn't go. Oh, I'm not home. You know, you you can't. If you if you're going to think like that, then what you're going to give out is lack of confidence, and your child will pick up on that energy and vibe. Um, so I think that's very important. And also, what you're talking about uh, the the sport, the, the support structure. So I mean, going forward, one of the things I would say that as mm -hmm. we are now entering into this uh, era where we have different types of family, we have single parents. It really becomes a, com a community um, obligation. So mm -hmm. if you think of back in the village, say, you know, in your granddad's day back in the village, right, if you were misbehaving, any elder in, in, the, in that village could clip you around the ears yep. and say, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and effectively say exactly what your dad would say and come back and say to your dad, he was up to no good. And your dad would believe that person mm -hmm. and give you a clip around the ears as well. Um now, uh, that's something I think has really changed a lot because now people, if, 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 if someone else tells your kid off, people are like, who are you to tell my kid? It's, yeah. You know, they don't, they don't appreciate that anymore. And I think when you have a single parents, especially when it's um, uh, young, young boys with a female uh, parent, so it's like a mother, as they get older, as they come into their kind of teenage years, it's important for them to have uh, good male role models now, that could be a cousin, that could be um, a family friend, it could be anybody, but for, for people who are not in those families, not in single parents families, you need to understand that you have a role. Although you may be fine, you may have you know, uh, t two parents, or you may have your spouse with you and you have your own children, but you have a, you have a communal responsibility to look around and say, okay, my brother's struggling here, or my, my friend's struggling here. I'm going to extend that hand. I'm going to spend a bit more time. Or I'm going out with my kids. I'm going to take their kid with me and then spend that time with that person. It's, a, it's, a, it's an act of sadaqajariya. You know, we're spending all this time with charity dinners and sp sending uh, money abroad. And, you know, we, we're a very charitable community, but we don't understand that charity is not just giving a tenner or 20 pounds or whatever it is or building a well in Africa. Charity means, you know, looking after people in your own community. Um, mm -hmm. So this, th this, and again, this is through education that we need to make that awareness uh, throughout the community that, you know, you have a responsibility not only for your own children, but for, for everybody's children in that community. Um, I think also we need to um, uh, support mm -hmm. uh, lone parents more. So we need to have some sort of mechanism. I don't know, um, you know, coffee mornings, whatever it is, just support, just a support group where people get together, just have a chit chat and they dis discuss what kind of challenges they're, they're having and just learning from each other. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody, yep. somebody's somebody been a single peer for 20 years, 
they might say, look, well, this is what I, I had the same problem, but I, I, dealt like, I dealt with it like this, or, you know, this happened or that happened or I made this mistake. And so just really l teaching one another. And remember, whatever, whatever beneficial information you pass on, which makes another person's life easier, again, mm -hmm. that's, an, that's an act of sadaqah for you. That will count for you in a day of judgment. These are all, you know, Islam's not just about praying and fasting Ramadan and reading the Quran. Um, you know, it's about looking after each other. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's a hadith that says, Allahu fi awni abdihi ma kana abdu fi awni akhihi. That Allah is in the help of his slave as long as his slave is in the help of his brother. And we seem to forget this. We tend to think that, you know, Islam's just about giving zakat, fasting Ramadan, reading Quran. And we, we tend to forget um, taking time out for other people is a huge way of gaining closeness with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's, there's lots of, you know, um, challenges of this, especially with somebody who's been brought up in a single parent family when it comes to getting married. I mean, I'm thinking of a case where um, it was a single parent mar uh, marriage. It was a single parent family. Uh, alhamdulillah, I think the, 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 the lady had done a good job, brought the, uh, the boy up. He'd got married. But then his wife wasn't getting on with his mother. Um, and, you know, this happens obviously a lot with mother-in-law's daughters. I mean, it's normal, mm -hmm, normal relationships this happened. Mm -hmm. But what happened with him was he was like, look, my mum sacrificed her life for me. Yeah. You know, so he was very sensitive to anything that his wife might say against his mother. Mm -hmm. You know, so then it's, it's about uh, that um, intervention to, to say, mm -hmm. look, what is the issue here? And actually explaining, look, maybe you're a bit sensitive here. Mm -hmm. Because yes, your mother has done so much for you, but you know, let's let's look at the issues here. Yeah. Um, and also to say to the mother, look, you know, yes, he's been heavily reliant on you, but now there's another woman who mm -hmm. can take over all the duties that you had to do. So mm -hmm. it's, it's it's retirement. Enjoy your retirement. You know, it's somebody else's job now. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, you know, kind of let go a little bit. Yeah. So these are the things which people don't think about. Um, and as you get involved in these things, you, you realise there's lots of spin-offs, mm -hmm. and each of one, each one of them can potentially grow into a problem mm -hmm. if we don't nip it in the bud. Um, and you know, one of the things I'm very um, uh, clear about is that you always go to the beginning of anything. If you start off any any, any project or anything with the wrong direction, you're going to mm -hmm. have problems. Yeah. So one of the things in the premarital course when I talk about um, P picking the right person in the first place. The first way to to stop divorce happening is right the marry mar marry the right person in the first place, or at least don't marry the wrong person, mm -hmm. because sometimes you have a couple, three months, you know, they've got a problem. They sit in front of you, and you're like, "Why did you get married?" Because clearly you're completely incompatible. So something's you know not being thought about. Mm -hmm. So l very rarely do people think um, of well, this person will be the father of my child, or this person will be the mother of my child. Yep. What type of person? Are they going to be, is it the type of person I'd want to be uh, as the mother of my child or not? Mm -hmm. And so it's really thinking about parenting um, right from right from the onset um, and just marriage, everything, all these things, just mm -hmm. thinking things through and giving it time from the beginning. Um, and I think what we can do is learn from other organisations. Single parents is not a new phenomena. Mm -hmm. It may be for the Muslim community, but for the indigenous community, it's been there for a long time. Yep. There'll be people that have done research There'll be people that have done a lot of work. We need to uh, partner up with partner up with those organisations, mm -hmm. learn from them. Obviously, we're going to tailor make it to our mm -hmm. cultural and religious needs, but we can learn a lot from them 
uh, and get the skills, get the guidance that we Absolutely. need so that we have our own people in our community that can then, um, you know, uh, offer mm -hmm. solutions and guidance, which is kind of uh, bespoke and tailor-made. Mm -hmm. And lastly, I would say that, um, you know, your, your, your faith is um, the, the thing that gets you through difficult times. Mm -hmm. If you look at the Prophet ﷺ, his life wasn't easy. You look at the life of the Nuh Salam wasn't easy. You look at all mm -hmm. the prophets; these are the the most beloved of of God's creation. Absolutely. The lives were not easy. Sahaba, the lives were not easy, but you know, major things would not shake their shake them because they had faith. Uh, so faith is extremely important. One thing that um, someone told me, I thought was was, was quite beautiful. Mm -hmm. They said that when they had difficult times, dark times, they used to write letters to 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 Allah, mm. and uh, so they'd actually write letters conversing to Allah and they, and they still got them so sometimes they go back and they read those letters mm. and I was really touched with that I thought that's a beautiful way you know of communicating with God um, and because it's written you can obviously go back and revisit mm -hmm. it and you know um, mm -hmm. but that thing of just turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala making dua in the middle of the night mm -hmm. um, saying to God yeah I'm struggling yeah Allah I'm struggling mm -hmm. you know send me some help please yeah. um, because you know he has the ability to to change anything, yeah. any situation. Um, so yes, we do look yeah. for uh, help from other people, from the creation. But ultimately, the first place you you start is with um, is with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So I would say that you know, yes, by all means, we we do all these things. But ultimately, that faith uh, that you have in your heart, that is the thing that gets you through life. Because people might let you down. Yes. You know, the creation is, is deficient by nature. We're not perfect. We might let each other down, but God will never let you down. Yeah. And mashallah, that is, I think that is the, a beautiful note to end this show on. Uh, we've spoke about some really complex and tough issues, and it's just the beginning of the conversation. Obviously, there's so many more issues that are challenging, but inshallah, we'll start to see the changes uh, coming through. Um so yeah, I, I really liked what Sheikh said about writing a letter. So if anyone's dealing with anything right now, even if you're not, you know, after your iftar, whenever you get a chance, write a letter to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Um, so I think that's us. I think we can wrap up there, inshallah. So you have been listening to Sakina Society. I've been your host, Sina. Jazakallah Khair, uh, Sister Yasmin, and Sheikh Amr for coming on and giving us your valuable insights. Assalamualaikum. For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.